Hello everyone and welcome. My name is Fernando Florido and I'm a GP in the United Kingdom. With today's episode, I'm starting a new series on the monthly Nice News Bulletin, which will include any new guidance published in that month, as well as any updates to already published guidelines, also updated in that particular month. However, I will only address guidance which is relevant to primary care. In today's episode, I go through the NICE guidance and advice published in January 2023. Remember that there's also a YouTube version of these episodes, so have a look in the episode description. The first update that we're looking at affects the guidance on diabetes in pregnancy. And the new updated quality statements are as follows. Statement 1. Women with diabetes who are of childbearing potential are offered preconception planning advice at diabetes care reviews. So they do not need to be planning in pregnancy to get the advice, just being of childbearing age should prompt us to inform them of the importance of preconception smoking cessation, medication safety, trying to ensure that HbA1c levels are below 48 millimoles per mole before pregnancy and taking high dose folic acid before and for the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. Statement 2. Diabetic pregnant women need to be seen in a joint antenatal diabetic clinic as soon as possible after conception and ideally by 10 weeks gestation. Statement 3. Pregnant women with type 1 diabetes are offered continuous glucose monitoring. Remember that there are two types of continuous glucose monitoring. The real-time system and the intermittently scanned system. Current real-time systems automatically transmit a continuous stream of glucose data to the patient, provide alerts and active alarms, and transmit glucose data, both trend and numerical, in real-time to a receiver, either a smartwatch or a smartphone. The current intermittently scanned system provides the same type of glucose data but requires the user to purposely scan the sensor to obtain information and it does not have alert and alarms. Both continuous glucose monitoring technologies have significant advantages over self-monitoring of blood glucose. However, differences in the features and capabilities of the two approaches must be considered when guiding patient selection of the system that meets their required needs. NICE recommends real-time systems, but intermittently scanned systems can be offered if the patient prefers it or they are unable to use the real-time one. Statement 4. Women diagnosed with gestational diabetes are offered postnatal testing of blood glucose levels and referred to the National Diabetes Prevention Programme. So women who were diagnosed with gestational diabetes and whose blood glucose levels returned to normal after the birth should be offered a fasting glucose test, ideally between 6 and 13 weeks after the birth, to exclude diabetes. If this has not been done earlier, a fasting plasma glucose test should be done after 13 weeks or an HbA1c test if a fasting plasma glucose test is not possible and also referral into the National Diabetes Prevention Programme. Statement 5. Women diagnosed with gestational diabetes who have negative postnatal testing for diabetes after the birth are offered annual HbA1c testing. The next update refers to the guidelines on chronic heart failure in adults. And the new quality statements are as follows. Statement 1. Adult patients with suspected heart failure 
have the anti-terminal pro-B type natriuretic peptide or anti-pro-BNP measured in primary care. Statement 2. Adult patients with a very high anti-pro-BNP level, that is over 2000 nanograms per litre or 236 picomoles per litre, should have an echocardiogram within two weeks or six weeks if they have a high anti-pro-BNP level, which is defined as between 400 and 2000 nanograms per litre or 47 to 136 picomoles per litre. Statement 3. Adult patients with chronic heart failure who have reduced ejection fraction receive all appropriate medication at the target or optimal tolerated doses. These medications include ACE inhibitors, ARB, beta blockers, mineraloreceptor antagonists, SGLT2, and ARNIs, which are angiotensin receptor neutralizing inhibitors and they need to be started and increased in accordance to individual health needs, including monitoring for side effects after each increase in dose. Statement 4. Adult patients with chronic heart failure have a review within two weeks of any change in the dose or type of their heart failure medication. Statement 5. Adult patients with chronic heart failure have a review of their condition at least every six months. Statement 6. Adult patients with chronic heart failure receive a personalised program of cardiac rehabilitation. The next topic is not an update, but a completely brand new published guidance on transcutaneous electrical stimulation of the trigeminal nerve for ADHD. And although this is fairly specialised, I have included it here because I have found it very interesting and it will help us advise patients accordingly. We know that Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, is a disorder characterised by the core symptoms of hyperactivity, impulsivity and inattention, which are judged excessive for the person's age or level of overall development. Symptoms are usually evident in childhood and many persist into adulthood. We also know that treatment for ADHD may be non-pharmacological, pharmacological or a combination of both. Non-pharmacological treatment includes CBT. Pharmacological treatment includes central nervous system stimulants, such as methylphenidate and amphetamines, and non-stimulants such as atomoxetine. The procedure that is being appraised by NICE here is transcutaneous electrical stimulation of the trigeminal nerve. In this procedure, an external trigeminal nerve stimulation device is worn on the clothes and attached by wires to a single-use adhesive patch, which is worn overnight. The patch contains two electrodes placed over the left and right V1 branches of the trigeminal nerve on the forehead. The stimulator bilaterally stimulates the trigeminal nerve for approximately 8 hours. In a typical treatment course, stimulation is given nightly for approximately 4 weeks. Treatment duration may vary, a clinical response may take longer and continued therapy may be needed. The mechanism of action is not completely understood. The trigeminal nerve connects to regions of the brain that may be associated with selective maintenance of attention and arousal, and it is thought that its stimulation improves the symptoms of ADHD. NICE has concluded that the evidence on the safety and efficacy 
of this procedure is inadequate at the moment and therefore they recommend that it should only be used in the context of research. And finally, the last update refers to the guidance on smoking tobacco. In January 2023, in the section on identifying and referring pregnant women for stop smoking support, the number of carbon monoxide tests recommended for women with low readings and no history of smoking has been reduced. So now we will provide routine carbon monoxide testing at the first antenatal appointment and at the 36 week appointment to assess every pregnant woman's exposure to tobacco smoke. We will also provide carbon monoxide testing at all other antenatal appointments if a pregnant woman smokes or is quitting or used to smoke or tested with four parts per million or above at the first antenatal appointment. We have come to the end of this episode. I hope that you have found it useful. Thank you for listening and goodbye.